0: Alistair Smith. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from WildEye. And in this episode I have a sit down with Alistair. He started as a guide with WildEye and very quickly started leaning into his experience from a corporate point of view and he is now our business development and sales manager. Uh, nice chat and I hope you guys enjoy this one.
1: Brazil I believe because and now it's taken off in Spain yeah. so Spain is probably the biggest country that has played in at the moment okay. um, but yeah it's the fastest-growing sport in the world at the moment
0: is there like a world champs or something
1: there is um, ATP I think it's called uh, it's like a world paddle tour yeah. tournament yeah so there is there's big stakes uh, yeah it's an incredible sport eh?
0: 'Cause we, we did it as a well, it was like a team building end of the year. Yeah. That was my first intro. It was actually pretty cool. Nice. No, awesome. It's it's I have no idea what to expect. Yeah. But it was fun and it's very accessible to anybody.
1: It is. And that's the thing. It's social, you can play it in teams, play it with friends, play it yeah. with family. Um I, I had no tennis background. In fact, yeah. no no racket sports background. I played uh, hockey and cricket and um so I I never picked up a tennis racket before. So I thought it was gonna be difficult to get into. Yeah. Um because of that. But it's not really. You pick it up no. quite quickly. Um, if you've played squash or tennis before, yes. then it helps, obviously.
0: But there some, there's paddle ball and there's something else.
1: Racket ball. What? That's a different different thing in time. But there's
0: another... I'm trying, now I should know this. There's paddle ball and there's another newish thing. Like maybe it's, they just call it something else. Okay. But it's also on a small court. Maybe it's racket ball. I don't know. But that's an American
1: thing. That's an American thing. Yeah. 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 Smaller court with kind of like a... It's almost like a beach bat looking thing.
0: Yes. Yeah, and yeah, And just
1: hop it over the net. So yeah. it's, that's kind of like tennis paddle on a smaller scale. But
0: you know you like ranked and shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? So, there's an international uh, ranking standard on the, on the app called Playtomic. So, Platomics International. Platomics International, yeah. It's from Madrid, in Spain. Okay. And basically, it takes when you when you log onto the app and you open a profile, yeah. it asks you for history, whether or not you've played any racquetball sports, if so, how long ago, Jeez. for four, how long, or whatever. And it spits out like a handicap system, almost like golf. Yeah, yeah. And then every time you play a match, yeah. when you add other people to your game, it becomes like a competitive match. Okay. And it handicaps you. So, it takes the average of you and your partner right. against the average of your opponents. Okay. And depending on who wins the game, it then works out a score and that you get as a player that you get as a player so if you win the match yeah you then you get you, you'll number. go up in points dependent on the average of your opponents yeah if you lose the match you'll go down in rankings dependent on the Holy average hell. of your, your so where your are you ranked how do that where do you fit in now i'm like a 1.9 or something like that yeah um the pros are probably in the fives okay so okay okay i'm i'm intermediate yeah sort of uh starting out yeah but uh, it's interesting. I get, I get annoyed because you get home and you lose a match and you just wait for the, for the points to reflect so and you see, your, see yourself go down in points. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, but, but now, do they link this to Discovery? Because like Vital- it sounds like there's something there. There is now. So, Discovery Park, um, which is Africa Paddle at Discovery, yeah. have joined with Vitality. So, you can actually get Vitality points for playing games at Discovery Park oh so you have to play there you have to play there because i've been invited to go play this weekend at pirates i think okay nice
0: and so i'm not getting points for that i
1: don't think so they might be rolling it out to other (laughs) other courts going going forward but for now i think it's just a discovery
0: because because the the whole vitality thing they knocked it out the park with gamifying that thing yeah remember the old days where people sit in front of the tv shaking their (laughs) their fitbits whatever (laughs) to get their steps in
1: yeah stupid yeah now you complete all your well actually now i've got paddle on my watch because i never had paddle before it wasn't a widget that i could add to the garmin but so, now you actually download Paddle as, as an activity. So what
0: does it track, your, just your, your heart rate, your movement around the core? I think it's or?
1: movement, so it's like steps oh, in movement and movement, and it's heart rate, and you can monitor calorie burn for, <laughs> for the session that you play.
0: I have to check that out.
1: So now, make sure you get it, because yeah. then it, you can add it to, obviously, link it to your Vitality and stuff. So oh, nice. now I'm getting all these players on the board at the end of the week for achieving my goals for the week. Mainly because of paddle and nothing else. How often do you play though? Uh, last week I had seven games. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I thought like two would be like, okay. No, I went all out last week. So I did seven games. I'm probably averaging three games. A week. But wasn't the knee an issue? It was initially. And I think I've just got used to it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, you were saying yesterday that, I mean, you've got, you like selling paddle rackets or involved with that. Yeah. Type of shoes?
1: They're different, believe it or not. They're specific to paddle. Yeah. So, I started out just with running shoes, and then I'd actually kind of progressed to a pair of all tennis shoes. But that so- would make sense because of lateral movement. Exactly. But the soles of a tennis shoe are different because they, they're meant for a hard court. Okay, okay. And the soles and the support structure in a paddle shoe are meant for the specific paddle surface, um, which is kind of <sighs> it's really like technical. Astro type yeah, of, yeah. of surface. So, it's slightly softer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a specific paddle shoe, believe it or not, which. Actually what would they go for? Is it like a
0: 2,000 rand type? Normally probably, like a runner or
1: something. Probably about there, yeah. And Nike, Adidas, they all do that. Nike, yeah, Nike and Babbler are the two ones. Babla. Babbler. yeah. <laughs> and
0: you're still playing golf.
1: I am. How's that going? I love it, yeah. Although <laughs> paddle's taking up all my time because what I find is that as much as I love golf, it's, yeah. it's basically the full day. It, it is, you're, you're out... Seven you, you, and you get go back full four. day, yeah, exactly. You tee off at seven, you're out there for four, four and a half hours, yeah. you shower, have a couple of beers afterwards with the, with the, with the team, Yeah. and then you're back home. That's a full day. Whereas mm-hmm. paddle, you sweat just as much, if not more, Yeah. and it's over a shorter, sure. condensed period of time. Still have a beer afterwards. Still have a beer afterwards, compulsory. Nice. Uh, unless it's a morning tee-off before work, or a morning. <laughs> 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 there is that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, it's just for me, it's over an hour and a half, two hours, you're back yeah. home, you got the whole day ahead of you. So for me, it's a great That's way to meet cool. people have fun yeah. still enjoy yourself exercise and still have the whole day ahead of you whereas, it's a cool thing yeah hmm.
0: so quickly while we're into this now if you could
1: tell people who are you and what do you do at WildEye okay well my name is Alistair and I'm the business development manager for WildEye started out as a guide mm-hmm. 2017 I think it was so coming into my sixth year now long already? yeah it's my sixth year it's mad. Um, started as a guide full-time, so I was at Londolozi before this, mm-hmm. um, started here as, a, as a guide full-time, and actually whilst guiding a safari uh, with Jono and the Mara, uh about yeah, five years, almost yes. five years ago now, uh, we discussed uh, the opportunity to head up sales for the business. Um, I got a bit of a sales background mm-hmm. with uh, my undergrad and postgraduate degrees and yeah. a little bit of corporate experience, so I wanted to kind of marry the two worlds of guiding and satisfying my urge for the bush, but also some of the business background. And so we pretty much created the role of Mm. of business development. And uh, that's basically a mixture of sales and systems and strategies. And I've been loving it. Well, if we look at the numbers, we're looking at strategy, it's working. Yeah.
0: Where's the next stage of development for the company?
1: What do you think? Sure. We've seen significant growth. um, And with growth comes challenges. Yeah. So you almost have to gear the business and our people Mm. for continued sustainable growth going forward. I think that's uh, that's it's, it's easy for anyone to say growth 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 yeah and it's easy to chase numbers uh but if you're not equipped for that growth mm. uh, and not ready for it in many instances um that could also be a big challenge yeah
0: i mean for us i mean we spoke a little bit about it yesterday or the day before it's that human capital the guys are in the field they make money yeah you got um, I, and I spoke to, geez, there's been a lot, Emma. <laughs> I spoke to Emma earlier today. And as well, I mean, her role as custom tours, there's huge potential there. Massive. But then at what point do you get that? How do you, it's, a, yeah. it's going to be an interesting year ahead.
1: It is, yeah. it is. It's been an interesting two, three years leading up to this point. COVID, what a shit show. COVID was a shit show. Yeah. Um, but where we are now, I think we've, we've overcome a lot of good challenges and we're all in a, in a good space to, yeah. to, to welcome the growth um, and we've, we've certainly underpinned a lot of good strategies mm. to, to see us grow. I, w-
0: I was saying to someone earlier in the week, and it's because an, I think your role links these up. So before COVID, the guys were out in the field. They are the rock stars, we were on Instagram, here's a lion, here's an elephant, whatever. Yeah. And the guys even on their own, and I might be wrong saying this, they didn't always appreciate what the logistics people did in the office. Sure. COVID comes along, everything on its head, yeah. Guys stay at home, be quiet, write a blog, mm-hmm. and the the logistics ladies become these rock stars. Yeah. And I think since we've gotten back into the swing of things, it's it's it almost equalised the playing field. It's yeah. equalised that the guys. I mean, Luke a little while ago in of last year sent a cake to the ladies to say thank you. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. You know what I mean? So, so I think it's equalised. It is it right in saying your role kind of pulls that together
1: in some respects yes
0: because i mean you're you're looking at sales driving the guys to help them make their sales but there's also a big having to understand logistics yeah so if someone didn't have any idea where would you fit into
1: that i think probably slapping in the middle is a a good assessment Mm. um it's it's understanding what the guides are doing out in the field and the experiences that they are giving to our clients but Mm. it's also understanding what uh, the logistics team is doing in-house um understanding what products we're putting out in what quantities at what times um, it's, uh, and the strategies, strategies around general business development mm. uh, that, that kind of tie into that. So, yeah. the management of our online systems, uh, but of content and marketing as well. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty much probably mm. between those two things. Yeah. Um, it has to,
0: because you, 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 you interface with pretty much everybody on any given thing, yeah?
1: Yeah. Finance, directors, marketing, logistics, guides, marketing, yeah. And guides, yeah. So,
0: what's the hardest part?
1: Consistency.
0: From you or from other people? No, from, <laughs> both. Yeah, well,
1: from everyone. But yeah. uh, sales, you know, it's it's yeah. um, it's a tough environment to be in, mm. especially in our industry. Mm. Uh, we're not selling products. Yeah. we're selling services. Uh-huh. Uh, well, we sell life changing experiences, put it that way. But they're expensive. Yeah, and so when people around the world find themselves in tough economic conditions, as everyone is at the moment, but yeah, in a large, to a large extent, a lot of our, um, our audience, mm. um, the US, the UK, et cetera, and elsewhere around the world, when they're in tough economic conditions, the first thing they pull back on is uh. leisure, leisure travel. Yeah. Um, so we have peaks and troughs in, in, in sales, Yeah. Uh, which can be difficult to manage. So I think finding a level of consistency mm. um, has always been a challenge and yeah. probably would, will always be. Sure. Um,
0: what would, I mean, if we had to get a new guide on board now, Let's say we bring in John. John's gonna be our new guide. Yeah. He's got zero sales experience. He's a yes. very good guide. Yes. What advice would you give to someone like that in order to start communicating with clients? What are the things he would need to focus on from scratch? From
1: scratch. The first thing is not to be hard sell. I think if you've never had any kind of sales experience, mm. people think that sales is all about hard sell in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, try and promote, 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 and, and too pushy. Uh-huh. And I think just off the bat, you're gonna push clients away. Yeah. Um, if that guide is is as good as as what you say is he's obviously got there for a reason, um, and he's obviously good at delivering mm. guest experiences out in the field, memorable lifetime experiences. So yep. my kind of what I would suggest is for him to just do what he does best, yeah. and that would be to deliver great experiences to guests out in the field, and slowly but surely over time, work in how to marry that with. Mm. Um, converting sales opportunities yeah. and, and and
0: where does sales language come in for someone like that because john who's a great guide he might be able to talk wonderful about lions and i'm love going on safaris and this and that how do you how do you and this is advice for younger people yeah. how would you bridge your experience that you have in your given field into a sales language what is that
1: it's it's almost one in the same in the sense that you're speaking that same language you're talking about the experience mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about nostalgia you yeah. You, you're speaking from experience yourself because yeah. you've traveled to many of these destinations. So there's a there's a you, you almost want to portray that level of trust yes. across two people That's that are big. going to be spending a lot of money on these safaris to places that arguably have never even heard of before. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a big unknown. There's a big question mark for a lot of people who travel with us for the first, second or third time, whatever the case mm. is. So I think portraying a level of, of trust and authority mm. yeah. um, is important. Um, but also, like I said, steering away from being too hard selly and being more personable mm. uh, with your clients. Um, it's probably a go-to for people
0: who don't know. Yeah. When they're trying to sell, they just come, you've got to come with me, come on, come on, come yeah. on. We've had guys in the past, I mean, I don't know if it's anybody we have here now, that were pretty in your face, where, where, where people would say, okay, whoa, you need to just, <laughs> try and and just, bump, just bump the brakes there, Sheila. Yeah. yeah. And that,
1: that always is going to be a risk when mm. you have a team that is uh, incentivized on, on targets yeah. and goals. Um, and that's always going to be tricky for someone starting out in the beginning, um, as it has been for all of us in, in mm. the sales environment. But I think over time, you start to learn the balance between speaking about the experience yeah. and being genuine and trustworthy yeah. uh, in your approach. Authentic. Authentic uh, is, is, is the critical yeah. word there. Mm. Um, and, and not to be... There's a time to push. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's also time to pull back and know when to. When yeah. is too much. I think
0: the two words I like that you used was trust and nostalgia. Yeah. Because I mean, people... And again, like you said earlier on, if I, I have to pay my car insurance, I have to pay my house. I don't want to, but I have to. Yeah. So spending money and if they're gonna fuck me around on my home loan, you know, I don't really have a choice. Yeah. But if Wildeye messes me around on my, my 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 leisure travel spend, I'm gonna throw my toys. Yeah. And it's that so it's a big responsibility. The trust thing is there. But nostalgia, it's funny, it came up a couple of times now this week because mm-hmm. there was we spoke about marketing and nostalgia and stuff. It's an interesting thing. How do you think COVID changed people's minds on travel? I mean, either from yourself or with guests or whatever. Because yeah,
1: sure. I mean, how was it for you? It was tough. I mean, mm. like it was for everybody. Mm. I'm, I'm a person that loves to get out and do things and exercise and walk the dog. And mm. you know, so that, that full lockdown was obviously just uh, mentally, was, yeah, I know, you just felt imprisoned. Yeah. Um, But I think for a lot of people, it was the the thought or the idea of travel post COVID was an escape Mm -hmm. um, to start planning longer term travels. I think we started to see a trend of people planning travels further and further in advance post COVID. Yeah. um, And particularly into wild spaces where people wanted to get away from busy cities, out of their apartment, loud noises, (laughs) out of their little four by four apartment, whatever it is, Mm. um, in typically smaller numbers, in smaller groups, out in nature, fresh air. Um, so that I think that rekindling or that reconnection with nature was mm. a big drive, yeah. um, you know, post COVID. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously been great for us in this industry, and we we've seen that bounce back in mm. in, in mm. travel. Um, but yeah, I think as as imprisoned as we all felt during those lockdown days, mm. uh, the idea of getting out there and yeah. traveling again was uh, yeah. was a relief.
0: I wonder how many because because just when this whole thing's like a black hole for time, yeah. it was twenty twenty. It started twenty twenty. End of 2021, yeah. people started going on that revenge travel. Yes. And that, in, that kind of personifies the whole thing. Yes. We're going to take revenge on COVID and go and travel regardless. Yeah. I wonder if there are still people, because if you look at the news, um, um, especially out of the US, there's still a lot of people that are shit scared. They're wearing masks and they don't want to come out. And I wonder if the trend of people traveling more is going to continue with new guests. Have we seen, I mean, you, you're in, you've got your, your finger on the pulse. Have we got a lot of new guests post COVID or is most of it returned?
1: we're still seeing high numbers of return clients. Mm. And I think that's just because again, going back to trustworthiness, they know that we are a brand, they know us individually, they know the type of services and experiences that we offer. Mm. And so when people felt it safe to travel again, they were comfortable traveling with us because they have done many times before. So Mm. repeat business remains a high percentage for us, but we have seen a lot of new clients uh, also come out as well. How
0: do we grow past that? Because it's always a blessing and a curse. Yes. So if a lot of your trips is full with regular clients, yeah. now what? Yeah. Manpower, where do we, how do we? It's kind of a rhetorical question, but still. It's yeah,
1: like, it's, it's tricky. And that's, that's, that's a big challenge for us mm. or for anyone in this industry is yeah. uh, whilst it's a fantastic stat to have 60, 70, 80, whatever it is, repeat clients. It must be that high though, huh? Hey? I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure it is. Mm. Um, and lodges have the same thing. You know. Mm. They, 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 they're reliant on the repeat clients to come back time and time again, but yeah. they also need to tap into a new audience. Yes um and we are in the same boat i think it's it's about getting out and seeing and tapping into new audiences it's about online social media and 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 marketing uh, presence yeah um yeah it's it's word of mouth from Mm. existing clients to new clients to new friends and families and other networks Um, it's tapping into different spheres of influence business incentive groups yeah um just widening that that network yeah and over time it's never dull no put it all together. No. So, so I mean, weekend coming
0: up, Yeah. W- you're not going to work. No. What
1: do you do when you're not working?
0: Apart from paddle and golf, of course, which sounds like it's most of the time. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I will have paddle lined up this weekend. In yeah? fact, I do. At Discovery
0: um, so you can get points.
1: Um, no, this is at a different court, actually. Sunday's at Old Parks.
0: Do you see is... random, any idea how many courts there are in Joburg?
1: It must be growing quite dramatically. There are a lot. Yeah. There are a lot. So, put it this way, when you logged onto the app yeah, about five, six months ago, you couldn't get spaces because the courts that okay. were available were jam-packed now i mean if you try and book the same day you won't get right but uh really? if you're booking two three days in advance you'll find spaces so That's the sport is growing yeah but more courts have become available so mm-hmm. it's it's interesting but yeah weekend is, is about chill mm. uh, for me you know monday to friday i try and give it my all yeah um, when it comes to work i try and be as dedicated and as focused as i can so the weekend for me is just about switch off yeah. unless there's some kind of an emergency that requires for us sure. to be online do, do you
0: find it difficult to switch off
1: though I don't actually. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm so you can get home, put your phone down, laptop closed, and you're I done. I can pretty much compartmentalise like that. It's, yeah. Um, it's not something I could always do. It's something I've learned to do over time. I think. Do you focus on it?
0: <sighs> or I, must,
1: I must have at some stage. Yeah. I can't actively remember going through that process, but I must have. Mm. Um, we, I can quite literally just say, right, the time has come. I've, yeah. I, you know, I've provided. I'm happy that I've done everything I could for that sure. week. Time to switch off yeah. i enjoy my whiskey as you know uh-huh. um, i normally have a little whiskey or two or three on a, on a friday night. as it goes <laughs> um, settle into the weekend um, see friends see yeah. family um, if it's not sport it's relaxing in the house yeah. uh, we've moved into a new house recently nice. and we're just we're enjoying that space yeah. um, just connecting um, and just unwinding and, and recharging for yeah. what lies ahead the
0: there's party. a lot of narrative around if you look at i mean all the podcasts all the news and stuff about the influence of phones and tech on our lives, yeah. that disconnecting is probably the
1: biggest skill someone can learn right now. 100%. Because and it's, it's not easy. That's tough. It's not easy. It's tough. Yeah. Because a lot of people think that disconnecting is to be in a, in a mindless space, um, pulling out your phone and, and having a look at social media, but you don't yeah. realize that that's actually still being plugged in. Yeah. And you're being fed a lot of information on, on that social media. Yeah. You, don't, you don't consume much social, do you? More than I should. Oh, which platforms? Probably Instagram yeah. being being the most. Mm-hmm. Um, more than I should. Okay. I've set those time things up on your oh, phone. Oh, it's then. called screen time. Screen time. Yeah. Um, what did you put as an hour? Like an hour to It's like an hour a day or an hour and a half a day. So mm-hmm. it's, the, the app limit comes up. Yes. And it, it kicks you off. Yeah. But off, more often than not, you're just ignoring the override and you, you just, you're just going straight <laughs> back into it because you're in the middle of watching an exciting Yeah, video. I want to finish this video of the cat it, falling off the TV or yeah, whatever, whatever it is. It is. And yeah. you land end up going down a rabbit hole and 20 that's minutes bad. later you're still on it. So... Yeah. It's something that uh, you put in place, but uh. there's always these little loopholes that you. You actually have to have someone else set your password, so you can't, <laughs> you can't do that. Get into it.
0: I remember because I took a break from Instagram. When I came back, I started posting again. And the idea I'm still not consuming much. I'm trying to post and ghost. Yes. But when I then before I left, I put my my screen time on, mm-hmm. and I would literally log on and the mostly have a cup of coffee in the morning, five o'clock, whatever. Yeah. Scroll a few times, then I would post a video. And sometimes before seven in the morning that screen time thing's up, you think, what the fuck? How's that possible? What have I it just is unseen. And I've got we two hours so of guilty. my day and I've already pissed one hour away. I know. It's ridiculous. I know. It's ridiculous. I've seen and I'll call John on this because I've spoken to him about this. We were in the Mara once, now last year, and he was with two people who sat in the back. So I'm standing in the middle of the Mara vehicle. Yeah. John is sitting in the right front behind the driver.
1: Yeah.
0: And so we're driving around, one afternoon, it's kind of chill, everyone's relaxed. And I check, picks up his phone, Instagram, swipe, scroll a few times, and let's say, for argument's sake, four posts down yeah. is a lion, which is now the recent one. Yes. Cool, quickly change to WhatsApp, scroll, fa- um, email, like refresh, pull down. Yeah. Cool. For some reason, I watched what time it is. <laughs> anyway, so, puts his phone down, picks it up again, and I didn't realize it's the first time. Yeah. Every four to six minutes, pick it up and the repeating pattern <laughs> to the point where you would pull down to ref- and there's nothing new yeah. but you still swipe to check. To check, yeah. I'm like, dude, you need to kind of have a look at this. I was sitting in a plane once from Joburg to Cape Town on the aisle on the right, two rows in front of me on the aisle. Yes. Lady as well, a handbag on the floor. Yeah. Now, there's no signal or Wi-Fi. No. She took her phone out three times during that flight and tried check. to open Instagram. Dude, it's an addiction. It is. It's bad.
1: It is. It's bad, bad, bad. And when that message pops up, and it says, you've hit your limit for the day. Mm. You feel guilty, like, oh, how much time have mm. I wasted? What else could I have been doing? Yeah, Could I have been more productive? Could I have spent time with other people? Could uh-huh. I have been more present? So it, it actually serves as a reminder to say, shit, I've spent uh. way too much time on this or whatever. So I think it's probably a goal for me to spend a bit less time on, uh. on social. It's, it's, I mean, it's difficult because you want to keep an eye on what's happening on our account and make sure that- That's we're doing, it, still be relevant right. and know what's going exactly. on. Exactly, so from that perspective, it's necessary. It's a necessary evil in yeah. our game. Uh, but on a personal level, to not get so lost mm. down the rabbit hole of...
0: You don't use TikTok, hey? No. So I deleted that thing years ago. Well, There's that guy that impersonating, but it's also... When you start reading the terms and conditions on that stuff... Yeah. Frightening. I'm sure. Like, they can... Because if you open the app and you, you've done it, then you do... I agree. Yeah. But when you, on TikTok, when you agree, you're agreeing to things like they can access file names on your phone. They can track keystrokes. Like it is your location, who uh, you've messaged it's insane. What's scary, It is insane, but that's why they're so good. They're feeding you exactly what you want to
1: see. Well, th- I've got an example yesterday of how our phones listen to us actually. So I <laughs> went scary. over to um, to Steph's uh, parents' house. Yeah. That's where they, they run the business out of the house. Okay. Um, and some clients came over to have a look at some paddle and, and uh, tennis gear. Yeah, And they happen to own a restaurant chain, one of which is out here at Monte Casino just down the road from us. Okay. And I've never heard of this restaurant before. I've never Googled it. I've never put it into my phone. And yesterday evening after getting home from from their house and I opened my Facebook, the very first ad that popped up no. was the name of the restaurant that these guys own. Uh uh-uh. How's that for scary? No. And it's, that cannot be coincidence. No. There was that guy once,
0: and I can't remember if it was Google or I think it was Amazon Alexa. Hey, Alexa, what's the weather at home? Whatever, these things that listen to you. Yes. And he tried to sue um, Amazon this is before COVID, just when it was all kind of new. And he said to them, listen, I need you to prove to me, he says to Amazon, you need to prove to me that that thing isn't listening to everything I say. Yeah. Well, obviously they can't, because that thing waiting for you to say, hey, Alexa, or whatever yeah. you say, hey, yeah. Alexa. And he, it was a big thing, it made news, and then it just suddenly went away. <laughs> yeah. It just went away. <laughs> he <laughs> but, probably
1: will too. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: this part of cash says you're going to forget about this conversation. Yeah. But see, I don't have a problem with, if I'm looking for flights to Mauritius, And you and I talk about flights to Mauritius. Where's my phone? They're probably going to do that later on. Yeah. Um, I would be happy if they serve me those flights because it makes my life easier. Yes. But they're not closing the loop. No. They're not closing the loop. If I buy my flight, stop then. Yes. (laughs) But that also means they have to access to my finances which a lot of people think is what Elon Musk is trying to do with Twitter yeah. because if he can create a coin in Twitter, Bitcoin comes in, then they can regulate. It. They can say to you, listen, Al, you can't travel out of the country because your finance is a bit fucked up. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the place we're going is just mad. That's nah, it's scary. It's scary. obscene. The interesting thing on, on Instagram and that we've seen is on Safari, guests basically check it all the time. There's yeah. very few people on Safari that do not go on there all the time.
1: Oh, it goes a level deeper that guests cannot wait to get back from Safari to edit a photo, Mm -hmm. not because they like the photo or or they like the experience, but to post it on Instagram. And they, they want to see how many likes and, and comments mm. and shares they're getting yeah. on that picture so that's and at lunch and refresh yeah exactly and i know you've spoken about this before about being able to go on safari and just enjoy it for what it is mm. um, and do that stuff later when you get back we've got a few guides that, that try and encourage guests to yeah. yes be there to to edit the photographs and oh, sure guides will take you through the techniques and whatnot but not to get so mm. involved yeah. that you forget to enjoy where you are 100 yeah. percent. i think that's it's
0: almost in afrikaans i don't know what the english is for this like you've, you've chosen the thing that you're going to get a hiding with type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Because we, I would like to think we revolutionized and kind of set the bar for education in photographic safaris. And a lot of people come to expect that yes. and they get that. They get that. i we in a workshop, there's lectures and stuff like that. So safari for us is more, we teach all the time in the car, this, that, the other. Yeah. Last year, um, in my two morrow weeks, I said to the, people, and this is, I'm doing going forward So anybody listening is I said to the guys, the guests, on day one, I said, listen, this is how the, kind of how the day runs, we're gonna meet at five, blah, 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 blah. When we come back in the morning at about 11, we are going to, then there's Lightroom time, this, that, the other, then there's lunch, A little bit of time there, we go and drive, we come back sometimes, there's an hour before dinner. I said to them, on this trip, we are not doing Lightroom after dinner. Yeah. I said, I'm not, and I think Matt was on one week, and Luke was on one week with me. I said to them, we are not available for Lightroom after dinner. And you can check some people like, what the hell, what that... I said, no, listen, you've got that time. You and I can do Lightroom on a, on a Zoom call, on TeamViewer, whatever those things is. You cannot sit at the morrow. Yeah. You cannot be at the campfire from home. And it worked a charm. Yeah. Literally, when Dixon said, and he's quite pushy about this, <laughs> um, it's dinner time. Yeah. People would come to dinner, they would close their laptops. After dinner, people would either go to the camp and nobody went on their own to do Lightroom. Yeah. They'd either go sit at the 106 and call it the campfire. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you would go, fire camp. Fire camp. Fire camp, yeah. Yeah, fire camp. They either go sit there or they have another glass of wine at dinner or they went to bed. Yeah. Most evenings we were done at half past nine. Yeah. And for the morrow, that's it's early. Yeah. But it worked beautifully because that is where the memories happen. 100%. And you can do Lightroom anywhere. I can record you a video, whatever. Andrew does. Great thing, after his trips, he does like a video crit. Yeah. 20 minutes a person, and he sends them off. Yeah. Why would you sit doing Lightroom until midnight?
1: Exactly. Also, I find that when you're editing a photograph, when you're still so emotionally attached to Mm. the scene, the sounds, the smells, the adrenaline that might have been pumping, that you might potentially over-edit that photograph or perhaps not give it the, the justice it deserves. Um, so I think Andrew is also one that suggests that if you really have an image that you love Mm. and you've taken a great shot, you've captured something great to actually leave it for a while, travel, go back home, edit it in a different environment where you've separated yourself from, from being in that, in that moment, Mm. and you can actually edit it objectively as opposed to subjectively. Yeah, but but I've, I've had some, some weeks in the morrow where, as you say, after dinner, uh, there's nobody around the, around the campfire. Yeah people sitting behind the screen behind the screen and they're just editing and editing and editing and posting and posting and posting but i think post-covid you're asking about the changes mm-hmm. post-covid i think that we've seen an improvement there i think people yeah. quite right have yes spent yes. less time in that media tent post-covid mm. and wanting to be more yeah involved in in the environment so mm. i think that's Good probably point. one of the biggest changes i've seen yeah
0: i wonder if it's because they are more aware of experiences if they're appreciating if there's more gratitude or if they just spend so much time on screens over the last, however COVID long was.
1: Yeah. I mean, you'd I hope it's, it's the former, but it's yeah. probably a mixture of both. Yeah.
0: I saw something silly. Like, in the first, when Italy locked down the first time, their online shops or sales or whatever, e-commerce, jumped by some, like in two days, by
1: 147%. So people just, fuck this, bring the credit card. Yeah. <laughs> just just <laughs> swipe it. Yeah. No, it's, it's been a big change, hey. Yeah, there. no, it it's has. It's been a big it's change. And, yeah, I think the world has changed since then, eh? Yeah. Mm. Um, do you think it's ever gonna be the same?
0: I don't know if we want it to be. hundred percent. I'm not I'm not and look, this is a I don't want to start this conversation because I'm gonna go for a long time. But the way that the younger generation is growing up now, where everybody can be cancelled if you don't agree with them, and you decide if you're a boy or a girl, and each to his own. I'm not but damn, it feels like there's no stability. Yeah. It's all over. So I think like it was, is gone. But I think we need to find whatever the new normal is. It was thrown around COVID. What is new normal, new normal? Yeah. Right? And and the problem is people are so, so polarized on pretty much anything. Yeah. Like I can say to you, you hey, um, say to someone, hey, Al, do you want a pizza or a hamburger? And they'll say, well, I want a hamburger. Why do you hate Italian people?
1: Yeah. Like, what? what? <laughs> Where did that go Like, from? Oh, stop. No, no. It's madness. No, no. The world is crazy, man. Yeah, that is absolutely insane but all the more reason to go back to what we were discussing earlier to disconnect and, roots and back f- to basics find your space and do what you need to do and oh. if that's travel for people great yeah. if it's whatever it is that you do if it's training if it's paddle if it's golf, find your anchor find i think it. the rock do call it his, anchor, exactly. his training yeah you got to have that because mm. in in the world's noisier now than i think it's ever been mm. you'll get lost pretty quickly
0: very there's something and i spoke to lisa roberti one of our clients and she travels quite a bit on her own she does her own thing comes with us on trips but and i felt this when i come back from an extreme destination like as far in iceland yeah and for most people and obviously i'm in africa having grown up but for people who come from the us uk australia europe they come to africa the, the 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 there's this post-travel depression vibe post-travel blues if you will yeah that sets in and i've had a couple of clients say that you know what they come on a trip and it's all amazing because they forget about the stuff back home. Yeah. And when you're transitioning from leaving the Mara camp, for example, to getting back home, you're suddenly walking back to this reality. Yeah. And a lot of people say that they only feel themselves when they're not in the, the craziness of each day. When they're on, on a safari, that's when they feel themselves. Yeah. Now we can go back to where's the root of humanity and human kind, whatever. Yeah. It's, um, and I think that, what you mentioned earlier, that, people going back to that basic. 100%. Is where, where do I belong? Yeah. I mean do i really belong on william nickel and the n1 later on where i'm going to sit and watch your
1: track no yeah it's a strange thing where do you feel most authentic yeah yeah what's your next destination i'm doing a private to the sabi sands in may
0: all right where are you staying
1: it's sabi sabi for four nights Mana for four nights so it's an eight oh, night all night. the leopards all the leopards in the world
0: <laughs> there was a discussion with the girls in the office early today and elisma and johan almost came to blows because elisma wants to go to svalbard Johan yes. said no, but then Randy also wants it, so that's she, different. Yeah. Melissa says she only wants to go to Sabi Sabi. Oh, really? That's it, she wants to see leopards and that's leopards, it. Leopards, yeah. It's, uh, I, sometimes I still think, and I know we don't, but I, sometimes it feels like we take things for granted. I'm like, oh, you can go to Sabi Sabi, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. But okay, it, it's, it's real, Yeah. No, places are amazing.
1: No, what we get to experience and share with, with uh, oh, guests man. out in the field, Yeah. incredible.
0: It's a scary thing because for most of us here, if I look at things like, I mean, in the trips that you help the guy sell, I mean, the Pentanols, the Svalbards, the yeah. South Luangwa for two weeks, most of us won't be able to pay for that trip on our own. No. <laughs> but you are, have the privilege to present it for someone else. Yeah. It's a real thing. That no, is. There's something there. No, for sure. There's something there. Yeah. Anyway, Al, thanks for your time, bro. Cool. Gee, um, we'll do it challenge. again sometime. Um, good. If you want to get in touch with Al, email's always in the description. Otherwise, we'll do it again. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Jay. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Cheers.